Today, I got a word for you. We are in part eight of a series that we are calling Help Me Mark. Because we believe that every person in this room is marked by God. Now, I wanted to do a message in this series that was an affirming message. Because I think one of the things that is so broken in the church and in the world today is that people do not have the affirmation that they need to be able to step out and do the courageous things that they are called to do. And it's crazy that I'm talking about this on Father's Day because this has been the enemy's plan from the very beginning to get fathers out of the picture so that children would not have the affirmation they need to be all that God has called them to be. It's so funny. I talk about my kids all the time. But one of the things that all of my children do is they look for their father's affirmation. It doesn't matter what they are doing. Mommy can celebrate and my babies will be like, but dad, dad. And I'm like, why is that? It's because a Nate built on the inside of all of us. We are looking for our father or somebody that is in that role to say, you can do this. And, and let me help you. You may have not had the best natural father. But you have a heavenly father that is standing on the balcony of heaven and he's saying, you can do this. Somebody say, I can do this. No, say it like you mean it. I can do this. Do you know why you can do this? Because before you were formed in your mother's womb, you were marked. God has marked you for greatness, marked you for purpose. And so today, the title of the message is probably the most affirming um, a message that I'm going to speak. And I'm hoping that people who are waning in their faith and they're on life support when it comes to hope that you would be able to walk out of this place feeling that you are called and that God is backing you. Today, I want you to write this down. You are enough. Now, I know, I know for a lot of y'all, you haven't even thought that way for a long time. We're always maximizing on our deficiencies. What I don't have, what I didn't grow up with, what I don't got in my bank account, who doesn't co-sign what God has called me to do. But I came to tell you, you are enough. If you've been called and marked by God, he factored in your deficiencies when he called you. Like all of your flaws were factored in when he said, I'm going to use you. I'm going to bring you. I'm going to allow you to have a child. I'm going to allow you to lead that group. I'm going to allow you. Somebody just reach over and tell two people you're enough. Come on, say you are enough. Find one more person. Tell them you are enough. And, 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 And the reason I'm saying that is because there's places in you right now, if we were all honest with ourselves, where we honestly feel, knowing who we are, that we are not enough. If there's an area in your life right now that you you feel not anybody else projecting on you that you feel you are not enough hands in this place. okay? we're hot church, humble, open and transparent. Okay, so you're in good company because it's a lot of people who do not see themselves how God sees them. And this is one of the most amazing things that David had that most of us don't. He had a sense that even though. He was not trained for war, even though he was not invited to the party when 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 um, everybody was about to be anointed, even though he's back home while everybody else is at war, something in him knew I can do this. I'm enough. And so I want to pick up the story of David 
after he comes and brings his grilled cheese sandwiches to his brothers on the line and they hating on him and all of this stuff that's happening. Let's pick it up in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 32, and see what we can learn from the life of David. It says, um, David goes up to Saul, who sent for him, and he says, um, don't even worry. I'll go fight the giant. I'll go fight the obstacle. I'll go against that thing that everybody else is scared of. And that's bigger than me. But I'll go and I'll fight him. Now, most people, after 39 days of your whole army that's wearing your crest has punked out and nobody has fought this battle. If somebody stepped forward, I would have been like, yes, thank you. We've been waiting for one person to come up and actually have the kahunas to be able to fight this thing. Look what Saul says to David. Don't be ridiculous. Don't, uh uh-uh. You crazy. Don't be ridiculous. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy. And he's been a man of war since his youth. See, I want you to remember that people's self-view of themselves will many times be the thing that they project on you and, and try to get you to buy into what they feel about themselves. Now, Saul's the king. He did not volunteer to go fight Goliath. But it probably was from his own insecurity that thought he was only a. And we find this in the beginning of Saul's story that when God picked him, he said, I'm only a from the lowest tribe and I didn't have Saul did not think he was enough. So he enlisted an army of people who didn't think they were enough. The side point right here is you only can reproduce what's on the inside of you. And many of us have been reproducing the fears in our children, in the people we work with, in the things that are around us. Because if we don't get our self-view right, then we surround ourselves with people with the same deficiencies that we have. And what's ending up happening in many of our homes and many of our businesses and many of our jobs is nobody has taken the moment to allow God to correct your view. Somebody just say, I am enough. Because Saul didn't think he was enough. He automatically projected on David that he wasn't enough. But this is the beautiful thing about somebody who's marked. When Saul said, don't be ridiculous. I found through the scriptures, when you're marked, write this point down. Ridiculous is required. Like when you're marked, there is going to be something ridiculous that God is going to call you to do that is required for God's glory to be seen in you. And and, and let me make it a spiritual term. It's the faith to do the thing that nobody else will do. It's the faith to step out and say, I'm going to be the first one in my family to finish college. It's the faith to step out and say, if God's telling me to downsize and I don't have a reason to be able to do that, but I trust this voice. And this may seem ridiculous. And what people do is they stop doing what God asked them to do because of the opinion of other people. And what if, what if David would have heard the king of the entire nation say, this is ridiculous and said, you know what? (laughs) You're right. (laughs) Who am I that I should be able to do that? But the greatest thing about David is that the king of the nation was not his highest authority. 
The king, the boss, the person in power, the celebrity was not the highest authority that he was listening to. He had already been told by God that with all your deficiencies, you are enough. So when critics came to tell him that he wasn't enough, there was something on the inside of him that was an anchor to believe that he could still do it in the face of people who said that he couldn't. When I look at Hebrews chapter 11, this is the, 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 the hall of faith. <laughs> look what it says. It says faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. I want you to know faith is ridiculous because it calls things that nobody sees into existence. Like, I need you to know that our whole faith in Jesus Christ is built on a ridiculous belief that a man 2018, 19 years ago, decided to take the sins of the world on and because we believe in him, we have everlasting life and have been empowered to do something great in this world. If you just walk up to a random person and say that, that's ridiculous. Everybody say ridiculous. ridiculous. It's also ridiculous, though, for Noah to build an ark when it has never rained before. And through Noah and his family, this ridiculous ark now becomes the saving grace to humanity. Everybody say ridiculous. It's also ridiculous for Enoch to actually be brought up from heaven and he never died. Like, like he was walking with God and God was like, you ready to go? And he was like, elevate me. And he went to heaven and never died. Everybody say ridiculous. ridiculous. It's ridiculous to think that Abraham obeyed God to leave all of his comfort and went to a land that he would not even know of until he got there. And then at the old age of 100 years old, God promised him a son and his wife laughed at God because she said I can't do it it was ridiculous to think but after nine months after God's promise when here comes Isaac everybody say ridiculous pastor Mike why are you saying this so because what God has called you to do will probably sound ridiculous until it's reality it'll probably sound ridiculous until it's what reality do y'all know how ridiculous a, a moving vehicle on four wheels sounded in, in 1700? But now there's a car dealership on every street. But it took somebody with ridiculous faith to believe that something that was not here was possible to come into the earth. Somebody say ridiculous. See, when you're marked, ridiculous is required. And so many of us are trying to play it safe. And God said, you're enough. You're enough to stand in the face of people and banks and family members who will say, why in the world would you even start that business? Why in the world would you go back to school for that? Why in the world would you take your kids to that place? And it may seem ridiculous until it becomes reality. I just came to tell somebody you're enough. Reach over and tell one more person right now. You are enough. Okay, so that's why in 1 Corinthians 2.9, this is a scripture I have to go back to often because for me, 
what we're doing here in North Tulsa is ridiculous. Like, like if you look around in your, your area right now, there's white people, there's black people, there's Hispanic people, there's older people, there's younger people, there's people with criminal past, there's people who are trust fund babies. There are people all around this place that most people say the only place we could intersect like this is at something where we're selling um, um, goods, like at a mall or at a Walmart or at something like this. But this is the house of God. And it looks like revelations when John said every tribe, every Every tongue, every race. But this is ridiculous. Because I stood on this very platform almost five years ago when it did not look like this. And I had to speak in faith. What people who love me and believed in this ministry said was ridiculous. No, nobody's about to drive 25 miles past the mic to come to church out here. Nobody, Pastor Mike, you're going to have to change up everything. uh, You're at least going to have to get rid of these green chairs before people start coming out. The green chairs are still here, baby. And God is doing something that is defying the odds. Somebody shout at me one more time. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Your ridiculous faith is going to produce ridiculous results. I'm here to encourage somebody. You're enough. And once David recognized who actually called him, he was able to say 1 Corinthians 2.9 to himself. No eye has seen and no ear has heard, nor has it even entered the mind of anybody's imagination what God has prepared for those who love him. Some of you need to recognize that the reason... You're enough is because God wants to be strong through your deficiencies. Like, like you think that you have to have everything. God says, no, everything you're not, I am. So when you begin to believe ridiculously, like, no, God called me to this. I'm marked for this. If he called me to it. He's going to produce everything that I need. And this is what David said. I'm enough. Just one more time in faith because I feel like somebody's faith is rising right now. Somebody say, you are enough. Now make it personal. I am enough. Okay, so let me tell you my next point. When you're marked, because sometimes the enemy will try to distract you when you're walking through a season of your life. The preparation rarely looks like the platform. Your preparation to where God's called you to is usually never going to look like the end result. Let me prove it to you. First Samuel chapter 17, verse 34. David said, no, 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 I'm enough. It said David persisted. Everybody say persisted. He said, "Um, King, with all due respect, I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. When a lion and a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it. And I go after it with the club and I rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and I club it to death. How gangster is that? It said, I've done this to both the lions and the bears. I've done it to Simba and to Baloo. And I'll do it to this pagan Philistine. I'll do it to this new giant too. For he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord, watch this, watch where his faith comes from. 
the Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Now, I want you to see where his confidence is because God was preparing him in a place that did not look like the platform he would be on. And so many people get distracted because they're like, well, God, this isn't it. Duh. Like, like I need everybody to see, well, I'm frustrated in the place I am. Duh. Because God is trying to teach you something in a place that will not look like the platform he's going to take you to. Do not be distracted by the dojo. Has anybody ever seen Karate Kid? Okay, so one of the crazy things about the Karate Kid is this young man wants to learn to to do Taekwondo. And so he's thinking that he's going to be going to this amazing dojo with all of this equipment and look a certain way and all this stuff. And Mr. Miyagi, he's kind of like God. He takes him out to his busted car and tells him to wax on, wax off. Now, God, Mr. Miyagi, is giving instructions that do not look like a real fight. He's telling me to just keep doing this motion and then to keep doing this motion. And every time I get frustrated and say, when am I going to get to the thing I really want? He says, go back and do the thing that you don't know yet is preparing you for the thing I've called you to. And too many of us are frustrated with the learning environment that God has chosen and we're walking away from it unprepared for what God is calling us to. The only way that David is able to stand up to the highest official of the day and say, hey, I can do this even though none of y'all think I can is because he allowed God to prepare him in a place that does looks nothing like the platform he just stepped on. And, and I feel like this for so many people is because you think you have to do more than you need to do for God to get you where he's called you to. And I'm telling you where you are is enough. Well, Pastor Mike, I can't believe for more. Yeah, you can believe for more, but obey where he told you to be. Because if David leaves the pasture prematurely, he does not have the skill or the weapons to be able to do what God's called him to do on this platform now. And David stands here and he said, hold on. I'm facing a giant I've never seen before. But God has somehow tooled me for this fight. And I've never seen anything on this level. Let me just give you a practical example. I had never preached a message in front of anybody until seven years ago. Like your boy didn't go to seminary. Your boy wasn't raised doing youth minister camps. Your boy didn't do none of that stuff. I had never spoken a message in front of anybody until about seven years ago. But then as I started to look at what God was preparing me for, I didn't understand it at the time. But when I was in high school, for some reason, they always asked me, to lead the pep rallies at Edison High School. And I would go in front of this mixed group of people of every ethnicity, of young and old ages. It would be about 2,200 of them. And I would go out there and I would lead our entire pep rallies from start to finish every Friday. And if I looked on the natural, I was not prepared for this platform. 
from all the natural things that I thought I needed. But God said, I'm too good to bring you to a place that's going to give me glory. And I did not somehow prepare you for what I've called you to. The problem is most of us are looking for the wrong qualifiers. We're looking for the things that qualify us in man's eyes. And God says, I'll use wax on and wax off techniques to make it plain that when you get in the fight of your life, you will be prepared. Somebody needs to give God glory right there because you are enough. And I don't know who I'm talking to and I don't know who's pulling on me right now. But somebody in this room needed to know that what God put in you, what he's placed in you, that burden you have, you are enough. David was able to step on that platform because he did not despise his preparation that didn't look anything like it. And so when I found out that David's standing up in front of the king, I said, Michael. No matter what comes your way, if God brought you to it, he's prepared you for it. No, I need you to hear me say that again. If God brought you to it, he's prepared you for it. I mean, in some stuff, it ain't going to come out until it's time to use it. Like, like there are some things that God has placed on the inside of you. Um, this is something I truly believe. The Bible tells us that, that we are supposed to be able to devour the things of the word and the things of God. And, and, and then the Bible says at just the right time, the Holy Spirit will bring it back to your remembrance. Now, this is some theology I'm throwing in for free because this is things that I personally believe. I do not believe that you have to remember all of the Bible. I believe you need to get it all into you. And, and, and then at the right time that you need it, the Holy Spirit said, you put it in there. You don't even know you read that first. And that thing's going to regard. Oh, y'all don't hear me. That thing's going to come back up out of you. I've been in business meetings with CEOs and presidents. And I said words that I didn't even know I knew. And used them in the right context. They were like, oh my God, Pastor Mike, dubiously. And I was like, yeah. But somewhere... Somewhere before I got it into me. And I think the church has been so misconstrued on trying to prove what I know instead of getting what God knows into me so that when I need it, he can pull it back up out of me. That's why I came to tell every believer, no matter if you just started in the faith yesterday or you've been here for a hundred years, you are enough. When you believe it, when you live like that, well, pastor, I've never seen anybody be a good father. It's okay because you can learn by knowing or you can also learn by something not being there. And many times God will use the negative spaces in our life to say, I needed that. I needed that. I needed that. I needed that. And what God can do is take all those pieces. And he can work them together. I think that's what Romans 8, 28 says. That all things can work together for the good. Let me say it this plain. You can be what you didn't have. You can be what you didn't see. You, you can live what you didn't learn. I'm telling somebody something right now. You, you, you can portray what you never saw modeled to you. Because the greater one lives on the inside. And you are enough. Okay, so David, 
He's feeling himself right now. But he's not feeling himself because of his own abilities. I want you to pay attention to what he said. He started off saying by what he did. He defeated the bear. He defeated the lion. But the end of that statement said the same God who delivered me from the lion and the bear. My question is, are you enough? And now you started feeling yourself. Like, have you been enough in a season to where you're like, ah, that was me. Don't miss it. David said, I did it. But it was him who actually rescued me from that. I understand that it's me that you see, but it's God that you feel. I I understand that I'm being a father that I never had, but it's because I'm having a father tell me and give me wisdom of how to do this. And David brought the credit back to God. And then what he said at the end of verse 39, he said, so Saul finally considered. He said, all right, then go ahead, kill yourself and may the Lord be with you. They didn't believe in him. But look what David did in verse 38 in the face of of facing a giant that was bigger than him. And the only person that, that knew he was enough was him and God. I need you to see this. You may never get anybody physically spiritually or an emotionally to co-sign the greatness God put on the inside of you. This is deep stuff because in a, in a, in a, in a society where we need everything we're doing to be validated and co-signed, there are some situations you will walk into and all you got is, I think it was prophetess Beyonce said me, myself and I is all I have in the end. I mean, it's one of those things, but that should not detract you or distract you from what God called you to do. So look what Saul does. It says, so then Saul said, this boy going to need all the help that he can get. He gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet and a coat of mail. That's like the, the mesh like chain that they used to have in medieval times. He gave him a big armor and look what happened. It says, and David put it on. He strapped the sword over himself and he took a step or two to see what it was like. For he had never worn such things before. Write this down. When you are marked, your anointing is in authenticity. So I want you to imagine the pressure that's on David right now. I'm going to fight the thing that nobody in the country is about to fight. Nobody's done this before. But I probably should have the best gear I could have. And the king has been nice enough to give me all his tools and all his armor. And he's standing there and they probably had it built out of the best material and everything. And David puts it on respectfully. But then he takes a couple of steps in it. And what I found out, because I've heard people preach this a whole bunch of times, but they're like, but it didn't fit David. And so David had to be himself. And so you got to be you, boo. Don't do anything that nobody else tell you to do and be like all of that stuff. Like, but, but, but there's, there's an arrogance with that. There, there's something that comes with that. Like, like I got to do my own thing. There's an unsubmitted spirit right there. This is the armor that David will wear one day. But it does not fit him yet. 
And, and, and so this is the thing. A lot of people are despising the level of leadership that they will be in one day because they're not in it right now. And so you, hey, I would, if I was in leadership, I'd never do da, 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 da. Baby, you don't lead nothing yet. And until, uh, until you get into that weight and into that glory, you could appreciate it. Many of us need to not be disrespectful of the next season because we're not there yet. And, and this is what I'm saying. The reason I said that is because you're enough today. But there are new journeys and new milestones and new responsibilities coming up the road and you'll be enough then. But many times we try to discount this season and who came before us or what examples or leadership we had because it doesn't fit today. David wasn't disrespectful, but he knew his anointing was in his authenticity. And I came to tell you, your anointing is in the DNA, the corny jokes, the way you wear your hair, the things you like. The, your anointing is in your specific DNA. I can't be nobody else than me. I can try. But the problem with that is God's approval comes off of everything that he did not create in me. Right now, iPhone has a feature that you can unlock your phone by just reading the authenticity of your face. And if I put your face up to my phone, my my reserves, my accounts, the things that they can do, it's a lock to you. Yeah. That's the same thing with your purpose. When you are putting on a mask to be somebody else, I want to preach like Pastor Mike, or I want to lead like this person, or I want to be respected like this person. God said, I can't bless that. I can't unlock what I have for you. But there is an anointing in you being authentically you. And what David had to realize, <laughs> I love this. David developed one of the most undeveloped areas that I believe in the body of Christ. And because I'm your pastor, I got to tell you this. And if you don't get anything else out of anything that I'm saying, like I pray that this thing sticks with you for the rest of your life. David developed the spiritual discipline of self-awareness. <laughs> most of y'all don't know why other people don't like you. You see how quiet it is in here? Like, you don't know you talk too much. Everybody else around you knows you talk too much. But you don't know you talk. Everybody, okay, let me do it like this. There was this dude in our school, because everybody just got uptight. They were like, what if Pastor Mike just coming at me? There was this dude in our school that did not know his breath stump. But he always decided to have close conversations has anybody met anybody like that if you haven't it's you <laughs> but 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 this is the thing that that i'm telling you the worst thing is there to be something wrong and you don't have an inkling of of what is wrong look what happened to david david took a couple of steps in this armor and he respectfully turned to the king and because he was self-aware said, I can't go in these. I'm not used to them. And he took them off. Do you know how much self-awareness you have to say to have? 
to walk up to somebody who's giving you what seems to be an upgrade and say, I can't take that offer. I'm not ready to lead this type of person. I can't move into that house because I don't have the financial discipline to pay for these bills. I can't. I'm, I'm so sorry, but I can't take that investment yet because I need to work on some things back here. David was self-aware enough not to go out there in front like he could wear the king's armor and try to defeat Goliath. Let me tell you this. He would have lost the battle trying to be somebody he was never created to be. My question is, what have you put on that it's time for you to take off? Like, like what have you put on the expectations of other people? Or oh, I'm this type of leader because my leader was this type of leader. Your anointing is in your authenticity. The one thing that I probably respect more about Bishop Gary McIntosh, which is the founding pastor of this church, is that he never made me try to be him stepping into leadership at this church this man is the complete opposite of me he's older i'm younger he's white i'm black he claps on one and three i clap on two and four he he, he he's very structured and punctual and all those things i'm very creative loose flowing all this other stuff it was almost from outward appearance oil and water but the anointing that was released on his life to start a ministry in North Tulsa and keep it running for 15 years and then to pass it on to somebody that was completely different but see the anointing transfer to be able to do more. It was not in our sameness. It was in our authenticity. And I just came to encourage somebody who's been trying to contour your character to somebody else that you are enough God called you with your weak humor he called you with your funny dress he called you and I don't want you to get stuck there because David would not get stuck in that he would upgrade and one day he would fit that armor to be the king but he did not prematurely discount where he was today because God knew that the anointing was in his authenticity so if you're marked my last point today you must be you. You got to be you. Like, and I know some of y'all is like, that's what I'm talking about, Pastor Mike. I've been telling everybody for about 15 years that I'm a baby. I'm a baby. No, 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 no. There, there's, there, that's not, no, no, stop. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not saying being different for attention. Because a lot of people are different because they're trying to feel an insecurity on the inside of themselves. Oh, come on. Let's be honest. You, you, everybody say the sky is blue. You're like, I see red. No, baby, it's blue. Okay. The problem is, though, what God naturally has given you, that's different. You can't apologize for that. You, you can't back up off of that. I, I, I don't know how to preach regular. Like, I, I don't. I don't know, like when I when I study and try to go and find hermeneutics and, and, and all of the different things, I'm like, that sounds great. All I know, though, is to pray, to open my Bible, to study, to show myself approved, 
to ask people who know better than me and then to never preach nothing that I haven't gone through. And the anointing has been in my authenticity. It's been in me being me. I use cultural references when I do things. And that may not be anybody's cup of tea. But for me, that's what God's called me to do. And all I'm telling you is that's not what he called you to do. So you must be you. Because you are enough. Look what David did. 1 Samuel 17, chapter 40. It said after he took off what Saul was trying to give him. I think it was offset that said masks off. I think it was him. Some of y'all like offset, onset. I have no idea. But some of you need to take the masks off. The pressure off. The performance off. And then you need to pick up something that's familiar. It said he picked up five smooth stones from a stream. And put them into his shepherd's bag. Now I just, I just want to just go there for one second. And see all of these warriors, these big 300 movie looking guys with swords and clubs. And David walks over to a stream and says, Lord, I'm going to do this for your glory. But I can't do it being something that I'm not. So I'm going to humble myself and bend down in front of everybody looking at me. And I'm going to grab the things that I'm used to. The question is, what are the things in your bag that you're used to? The things should be stuff like prayer. Reading the word. <laughs> spending time in worship. I'm going to just go back to the basics of what I'm used to using. Encouraging people, even, even when I don't feel encouraged. I'm going to go back to those regular things. And I believe the fundamentals of what you taught me in the pasture are going to be the fiercest weapon I could use on the platform where people are watching. And look what happens right here. He said he picked up five smooth stones, put them in his shepherd's bag. I love this. Then armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling. All he had was a stick and a, a slingshot. Do you know how ridiculous this looks? And the Bible says that he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. I want you to get the picture of you with all of yourself. The flaws, the mistakes, the hurts, the unpreparedness and God saying, you're enough. Do the things that I've called you to do and head towards the enemy. Well, God, I don't, I didn't ask you all that. You're enough. Well, what if I didn't ask you all that? You're enough. Well, I haven't had, I didn't ask you about that either. You're enough. Well, what if they, it doesn't matter. You're enough, but I can't get over. That is the past. But right now you are Enough. And I came to tell somebody that it's time for you to stop being the JV version of somebody else and be the varsity version of you. You are enough. Next.
next week I'm going to talk to you about what happens when you actually kill the giant. But on this Father's Day, somebody needed to hear this resounding, consistent message. He didn't bring you this far to let you fail in front of everybody. When he called you, he knew your knees would be shaken. When he called you, he knew that your past would have criminal record in it. Me. <laughs> when he called you, he knew what your struggles were going to be. And he still wrote from the beginning, you are enough. I want to pray for every person in this room has been struggling with feeling like they were enough to do what God called them to do. I don't know. Maybe you're a father in here and you haven't been in your children's life. And you're saying, I can't go back now. They're 10, they're 11, they're 13, they're 17, they're 28. And God's saying today, this whole message was for you. You're enough. There's something that can still be done. Whether they don't want to accept it or not, but you could write a note every month and, and apologize and speak life. And you're enough. There's a single mother in this room right now who's saying, God, I cannot do this anymore. And God's saying, when I let those kids be sent to you and for them to come into this earth I equipped you with everything that you needed you are enough there's a high school student that's been in a family of abuse and you don't know if you're gonna make it out and God says to you today prophetically you are enough if you're in this building or you're watching online and there's an area that you have been deficient in feeling that you had enough. I want you to stand up all over this building. Come on, right now. I want you to stand up. Even at your house, I want you to stand up. Why don't you just go ahead and lift your hands right now? I know that there are people that are trying to figure it out, but I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you that you have marked these who are listening and you have marked these, Father, who are in this building. And Father, on this day, on Father's Day, where we worship you, our Father God, today I'm thanking you for a spiritual aspect affirmation to all your children that lets us know that we are enough. You did not create mistakes. You did not create accidents. You did not leave us here to struggle. But you said in the midst of our struggle, you would walk with us. So today we affirm and confirm every area of our life that has been missing. I thank you, Father, that right now by your presence, you are allowing confidence and hope and joy to arise on the inside. I thank you that there'll be strength like never before. There'll be peace like never before. Father, there'll be boldness. The type of boldness that David had to be able to be himself, but still slay the giant. Today, Father, give us that type of faith. And let us know that we are enough because we have put our trust in the one who has been enough. We thank you. We honor you. And we bless your name in Jesus name. Amen. Come on. Let's give God some praise. Oh, come on. Like you know that God made you enough.